0: Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast, the podcast all about the delicate balance between people and business, and quite literally, reconnecting the two. My name is Tracy Rubin, and I've spent nearly my entire professional career in HR. Join me as I share stories, opinions, and words of advice with you each week. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. If you are listening on Spotify, you can actually watch this episode because it is a video because I have a very special guest. My friend, Kira, is joining me. She is an HR consultant. and She's worked in HR. She grew up into HR from an ops role. And she's going to tell you all about her background and experience. But she is amazing. And this episode is so much fun. I'm telling you, we have all the giggles. I'm going to let us just jump right in to speak with Kira because it is an amazing episode. I feel really inspired leaving, um, leaving the conversation and going into the rest of my day. So I hope you enjoy. And don't forget to grab at the end of the episode where you can catch Kira um, and connect with her. All of the information is also in the show notes. So um, definitely check her out, connect with her. She's amazing Enjoy the episode. We'll get right into it. I'm so glad that we're getting to chat over, you know, our recording, our podcasting right now. And obviously we've, you and I have not met in person. We've simply met through the interwebs and Mm -hmm. thanks to HR. And, and I think it was probably my HR Tracy, Instagram podcast, whatever that I think I found, I remember I found you through like a hashtag and I was like, uh. I love this girl. And I think <laughs> I might've reached out to you and said like, I really like your content, <laughs> like slid into your DMs or whatever. Um, but why don't I pass the proverbial mic to you, let you introduce yourself and then we can like chit chat a little bit more
1: yeah yeah i i don't really remember when we met i definitely feel like it was just like oh we're just friends now like it wasn't like yeah, yeah, a yeah. Instant, instant. yeah yeah total connection and you weren't a bot which is always great um but...
0: no bots here
1: <laughs> um but yeah i think oh i'm kira so i have been in i actually started in in operations management so i got an organizational management grad degree, and then started taking over operations and management for small businesses. And then that kind of envelops HR along the way, because a lot of small businesses may have operations people, but they probably don't have HR people. And then over time, just Mm. started consulting one off. And then during COVID found this huge need in the remote space for digital companies and remote businesses, online businesses to like have teams as they were growing so quickly um and so then i just kind of like plugged myself in as like an outsourced hr or consultant to help bring them foundation so that they can take it and run with it writing hr and organizational management education to pretty much anyone um but yeah. generally people in the us so i don't know anything amazing about
0: canada, so. <laughs> that's okay canadians we're thinking about you, yeah. you know, canada is so tough because every province is so different and that is, you know, if you can tap into that Canadian market, that's where it's at. But I mean, I think, I think your story is so inspiring. And I, I, I remember, um, vividly when I came across your profile and then we chatted that one time that I was so inspired because you just like jumped into this like consulting work and you have your own business and you have a team and your team is growing. And I think that, you know, the listeners would be really interested in hearing your journey into like becoming an entrepreneur and being really your own boss and having your own company around Mm -hmm. HR, because so many of the listeners are either breaking into HR or are just starting their careers. And I think, you know, sometimes it's hard to imagine ourselves being, uh, you know, either in one thing for the rest of our lives or being our own bosses, but maybe we want that and we want one mm-hmm. thing or another. So, tell us a little bit about that and how you kind of realized in COVID, like you mentioned, that you had what it what it took to really be the answer to the problem.
1: Um, I mean, first of all, that is so nice. Uh, <laughs> I would say that there was like a really long journey for lack of a better term of like figuring out exactly who i am in the concept of in like the context of my career and what i wanted what i was good at who i wanted to be and i had to have like a lot of really uncomfortable experiences to where i had to kind of push myself into a situation that was like just because you're smart enough or capable enough or whatever to do all these different things doesn't mean that you have to And to really challenge myself into like what do you want to do and Mm. so for me there was like a pretty big moment and it was it was actually all the way back in 2013 i had stopped doing corporate sales and i was focusing fully on operations and um, i had just recently graduated with an organizational management grad degree and i was like wait i can decide like what my job looks like eventually so if this is whether i'm applying at different jobs or you know looking for different career paths or whatever. What do I like? And one of the things that I that really stuck with me back then and is still true to this day is that I really like to work really in depth on a lot of different projects. So while I do have ten years of experience at one small company that has developed, we have fifty employees. Like we're working on our third and fourth locations right now, so it's not like small Mm -hmm. in the sense of small, but it. It, I've been there for a really long time, but the way that I was staying engaged was through small projects along the way. So I just thought that consulting would be the right fit because then I could take on one project, kind of give what I needed to give, and then kind of walk away from it and just like stay connected. Um, right. And so it kind of just developed, and I ended up kind of weaseling into this meeting with my mentor. His name's Dr. Bob Nelson. Um, and oh. I love him so much. And he is like kind of, a, he's an employee engagement and like make fun make work fun kind of guru I guess you would call him and he's we mm. had lunch he lives here in San Diego and I don't know like at the time I was like oh he's a consultant I want to learn about that I didn't didn't know he like wrote books and stuff so I was just like want to hang out with me and he was like sure let's go to lunch and now I look back and I'm like whoa like that was a really ballsy move <laughs> like, like go me so, yeah so we like went out to lunch and he brought me a bunch of his books and he gave me this piece of advice that was I know that you're just starting out your career in this field and taking your education and running with it. Treat every job like you're consulting for them. So try to find Ooh. tools in the business. Make it better. Make it more interactive. And then through that process, just learned I like working with small companies. I, like, I hate the bureaucracy of it all, working in corporations. I hate the waiting period. I hate following other people's rules. So I just slowly absorbed people's roles in this company and basically took over five different people's positions so that I could stay working there because it's a small business and I had to make more money. Um, and what ended up happening is I kind of siloed myself into a really bad spot after six or seven years where I was so over- overwhelmed and overworked and I was afraid to give up mm-hmm. any other type of control. Um, and I it literally got to the point where, and I'll tell this story like pretty openly, but Um, you know, trigger warning anxiety, I guess we should say, because I essentially had a breakdown. Like I had a breakdown. I literally just crumbled after a workout one day when I was getting ready to go into the office and couldn't go in, couldn't explain why I was panicking. I was crying. My mom had to drive all the way out here. It was about an hour away Mm -hmm. to like help me figure out what was going on. And I would just felt so trapped into like thinking I had to do all these people's jobs and I wasn't really delegating and I wasn't really asking for help. But I was, I did have a team of managers that I had been developing professionally for literally years, like four or five mm. and six years at the time. And I just wasn't giving them
0: any autonomy.
1: And it was, I felt like it was, sorry, that was my dog. It wasn't like, no, your
0: dog is welcome here. Your okay. dog is
1: welcome. <laughs> I was like, that was the weirdest noise. He has something like, to please. say.
0: No, he has, yeah. <laughs> does he have anything to say? Anything he wants?
1: Uh, mostly just burping and <laughs> farting, it seems. Um, but... <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it just kind of got to the point where I had to take a really like long look and say, can I afford to work in small business? Because I can't afford to do all these people's jobs. And luckily, you know, there was a lot of other things that were going on, but luckily as it happened, I had to take a few days off to like figure out why I couldn't breathe (laughs) essentially. And nothing happened. My team just stepped up. They slid into those roles. They took over like no one knew, and on one hand, oh gosh, it was and like, they
0: probably loved that too. They and loved probably it. like, thank they loved goodness, it. now we have some opportunity. <laughs> yeah, and it was really nice because it was also
1: really like caring. Like it was like, Kira, you don't like if you this is happening to you. Like why? Like yeah. we can't let this happen. Like we yeah. need to step in and like we're here. And and it wasn't so much like, like let like, us help you. Yeah. And I don't think they knew that I needed the support. And Mm so um, it was a really tough time to like realize that I am not the beginning and end of the universe um, Mm. for this company. And that was a tough thing to realize, but the shift that that made in like my mindset and my ability to create boundaries and to understand that as a leader, we're not the doers. Sometimes we're just Mm. the visionaries and We're the drivers of the ship, but we're not always the propellers. And that just really solidified that that I wanted to work on these small projects, create really solid relationships, and then be able to work on the next thing. Like, it's just the way that my personality works. Um, And just, like, be able to create those boundaries, too, so that it's not something that's following me around and making me feel like I need to be, like, in it with them. And of course, there's been challenges in the last couple of years, like figuring out how to do that with clients that I really care about, especially women who, you know, HR is such an emotional thing for small business owners that don't know anything about it. Sure, sure. But it just like over time, little things just, I kept hacking away at like what I was doing on day to day, figuring out what I really liked. And then just started to learn how to delegate those things, which created space for like white space essentially for me to think like, okay, Mm. so can I take control of my career now? Like, or is my, is my career going to just keep controlling me? Like, and so I had to kind of make that choice. And I think COVID was great because it was like, sit down and stop for a minute. Now what? And like, it was only just weeks in that I was like, I can't believe I have all this time. Like I guess now when when else am I ever going to have this opportunity to figure out how to do this.
0: There're so many things that were great that came out of it, but it's mm-hmm. not without saying that there was obviously a lot of loss. It is okay good. There is always good with bad, you know, and that is yeah. just life. But one of the things that I thought about, I thought about two things when you mentioned the, you know, your story here. The first is that delegation is so hard. It's actually one of the things that I struggle with to this day. And uh, even in my personal life and like in during, when I was planning my wedding, I was planning the wedding, like no one yeah. else really had a hand on it because I was like, I know what I want, I know how I like it, and that's that. And, you know, some might call it controlling. I think my husband would probably say that I like to have, you know, a firm grip on everything in my life. Um, but at the same time, I feel like self awareness is really healthy. And so, like, knowing that, knowing, especially as a leader, you know, when I do have a team, which right now I, I don't have a team anymore, but in my last role I did. Um, and you know, for me, it was like, okay, well, the thing that I can control is how I develop this person. The thing that I can control is, you know, seeing delegation as an opportunity for them as a moment for growth and potentially even failure and that that's okay. And it's about how you overcome with them. And I think I learned that early in early enough in my career where I didn't have to like fail first. Mm -hmm. I, I think I failed a little bit in learning it, but not like so hardcore that like, I, I just like plummeted. I learned right. it quickly enough. And, and I think that, like, I think about my sister, actually. She's, like, an incredible delegator. And that's because she doesn't want to be the one to do, to, like, really have too much of a hand on it. And mm-hmm. it's interesting because, like, she's planning her wedding now. And so I see how much she delegates. And I'm like, am I the idiot for not delegating <laughs> all of this other work? Because, like, I wasn't stressed <laughs> while planning my wedding. I had a perfectly smooth sail But um, it's just, it's funny how, you know, you have a natural inclination towards some things. So I can really appreciate, you know, your story around like recognizing that there were certain things that you really wanted to do, other things that you absolutely could not do anymore because Mm -hmm. you were just crumbling. And I totally get that. And then the second thing that I thought about was actually really around those who don't have that HR experience. So when you're working with small businesses, to your point, they're not necessarily going to have. Ahead of HR because they might be that person. Um, and they might not even have anyone for payroll. They might outsource it to one of these, you know, major payroll companies. So how do you support those clients? Like, do you take more of a training approach, a a development approach, or do you, you know, manage things more directly? Like what, how do you support them? Yeah.
1: And it, it's always evolving. Like, I think that's a big, thing is that at the time of this recording, um, we have built several programs and offers that can speak to the needs of where the business Mm -hmm. owner is at in their business. And also what they, what type of leader or manager they want to be and what they want to delegate. Because like you mentioned with your wedding, truthfully, like whatever brings you joy, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. Like, that's totally not it. It's just some some of us are going to like things more than others. Like some of my business owners want to be nitty gritty developing their people, and some of them want to be hands off and they want somebody else to manage people and they want to just be behind the scenes. Mm. And I think it just is really about knowing who you are and what your strengths are and also being willing to kind of bend a little bit as like things flow. Um, Mm. so we really do like, depending on where the business owner is and what they want. Um, the hardest thing actually is just educating people on the fact that they need HR, no matter what size their business is. Mm. And HR touches so many parts of their business that there's no way to like really create a long-term plan without it. Um, and so, creating something that's affordable and doable for these business owners that they can start now, even when they're just hiring their first employee, has been a little bit of a challenge because, I mean, it's a it's a snowball, you know. Like you start going down the payroll rabbit hole, yeah. and then there's like 85 other conversations there. So, um, we yeah. created a few different services. Um, we have a course that kind of walks us through, walks people through the basics of HR, the conversations I was having over and over and over again with business owners, mm-hmm. like documentation and. You know management training the do and don'ts of interviewing and you know all that kind of stuff um, in like bite-sized little snippets and where that kind of came from was that working in hr by myself in a small company with 50 employees also as the manager of everyone and like there's no middle ground like they interview with Mm -hmm. me they orientation is with me their training is run by me like all of this there's no separation which created an impossible situation for boundaries So I think learning about that over time has, it kind of created a more comprehensive view of what these business owners might need that they don't think that they do need. And what did I want as an HR rep, as an HR person, as a leader, as a manager that I didn't get back then? Like, I remember Googling, like, how do I talk to this employee about this thing? And, you know, just like not knowing. Can I talk to
0: employees about body odor? Yeah, like that oh my was gosh. my first, probably my first Google.
1: So I had to have that conversation. I actually tell that story during orientation yeah. for my team because I'm like, Do listen, you? if if we have to talk to you about hygiene, please know that it's more painful for us than it is for you. But try to pay attention, yeah, to and oh like just throwing it out there because I'm like, these managers are gonna have to have uncomfortable conversations all the time, yes. and so creating that in their onboarding is—I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, I would Google stuff and, right. be like, oh, and I wouldn't have anyone to go to because no one understood they're working for big corporations and it wasn't like they're yeah. on the ground with these individuals and a lot yeah. of like young, younger employees too, like in their 20s. So first right. job, maybe first big job, first management job, like that there's different types of communication that come with that. And so I just kind of over time created, okay, Dixie, you want to say something?
0: Dixie is like really <laughs> fully agreeing with you. She's, yeah, she's, she's like, in can, corner.
1: and she's also like, can I have some of that cheese that Eric brought up here? Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> we love cheese.
0: Oh
1: I know gosh. my husband so like cute. brought me a little charcuterie anyways.
0: So, oh, um, so, nice.
1: yeah, working from home is so nice when, um, your dog wants your cheese. So we created this course so then I could speak to not only business owners, but also their managers, their first time managers, remote managers, new HR that are just kind of thrown into the role because as we know you don't really even have to have a certification to end up in an HR position. No, um, you can yeah, just this is end up there. Point. Yeah. yeah. So like but you still need those tools and I was looking on certain template libraries and I'm sure we all know different memberships and all these different things mm-hmm. that we have as HR professionals and it was just so irrelevant for my people. Like these are like there was not a social yeah. media job description, manager job description to be found anywhere. And the community manager job description was literally about running apartment buildings. It wasn't about you know online communities, memberships, podcast communities, Facebook groups. Like mm-hmm. not a word anywhere. So I was like, we need stuff that's relevant to these newer business yeah. owners, these digital businesses. So we kind of modeled it after that, except for with like slightly
0: more personality. That's, a, I, we love a personality. I mean, yeah, because a lot of the material, I don't know how some of this material has even made it to the year 2022, because I, like as an HR person, I'm very honest with the listeners about this. Like there are certain things that I love about what we do. And there are things that I hate. And one of the things that I hate is that we put out material that we can't even listen to and we can't even like find, you know, a way to get through it without being bored and yawning. So that is, that it's so true. Like having compelling and interesting um, information just makes you want to know more. And it's so interesting because in my, all of my years of working with the retail population, we always tell them, all the managers, you know, you're the HR person on the floor. If you don't have an HR person in your store, you are the HR person. You have to feel comfortable having difficult conversations with people and I mean, the, the body odor one comes up so often. I, oh, I, I could probably make like a whole episode series on that alone. <laughs> um, you know, there's so many, I mean, there's so many reasons. People are like, well, what if it's a medical condition? Well, we can still talk about it, it's okay. Um, and so having that approachable um, and personable information I think is a, a great um, perspective to take. It can be stressful to choose the perfect swag to order for your company, especially when trying to find items that people will actually want to keep, which is why I am thrilled to tell you about swag.com. Swag.com makes picking out corporate gifts simple and fun. And if you've been listening to the last few episodes, then you know that I am sharing all of the things that I love about swag.com. Like, for example, receiving swag. That is super fun. Not only did swag.com send me something, but I also receive swag.com swag from my employer, which is pretty cool. Like for example, we actually just sent bandanas for pets because it's national pet day, I think at the end of June, and we're doing like a bring your pet to work day event. So it's really easy when you have distributed teams, especially like our team where, you know, you have people working all over the place and you don't want to manage everything in your own warehouse. Swag.com makes it easy because you can just send everything to everyone using their warehouse setup, which I'll tell you a little bit more about. So Swag.com makes it their business to offer a wide range of products. So there's something for everyone. They carry premium brands like the North Face, Camelback, Ray-Ban, and more all customizable with your company's logo or artwork. You can even create custom swag boxes full of great branded items, which is what I've experienced at my employer. All delivered in a unique box designed for your company. And with Swag.com, you can easily set up a corporate gifting program with your team, for your team, with no platform fees. Their team of expert curators are standing by to help you design the perfect gifts for your team. And I mentioned this warehouse thing. When you sign up with Swag.com, you can opt in to have everything stored at their warehouse, which makes it so easy, especially again, if you have a distributed team like we do. So go to swag.com today for the perfect swag and custom gifts for your company. Right now, I have a special offer to help you get started with 10% off of your order, but only when you go to swag.com slash human HR and enter promo code human HR 10. Remember for 10% off, go to swag.com slash human HR and use promo code human HR 10
1: don't know all that we can do as HR Mm -hmm. pros. Like when we're talking about, I just posted something about this on Instagram the other day. Like I know that hiring an HR person to help you build out the foundations of your business, to help you figure out your handbook, to educate you on what the heck at will employment means, like all of that good stuff. I know that's not sexy. I know it's not, doesn't sound that fun. I know you want to (laughs) actually hire somebody to your YouTube channel, because that's what's going to get you followers. Like, I know that you want a photographer and a brand photo shoot and a conference and a blah, blah, and your money could go in other areas. But Mm -hmm. truthfully, like, if you don't have an HR strategy, then your business is is not protected and you are not protected and your reputation isn't protected and your clients aren't protected. Like all the way to like, do you want your clients to think that your team can take their stuff and go and blast them? Like that come that protection right. comes from HR and sometimes right. it also comes from legal, but I'll tell you, most of my clients come from lawyers because lawyers are like, mm. let me draft you this contract and do some research and then go talk to Kira because we don't want to deal with your compliance stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, like we right. don't even,
1: we don't know. And also we'll tell you lawyers, your risk. Yeah. We're going to be like, it's very scary. Go talk to Kira, but it's not going to be like super fun. And so making it something that people actually can look forward to has been a huge challenge for hmm. me, but it's also been a marketing tactic. Like, if we can just make HR seem a little more fun, then we can get some freaking credit for all the stuff that we can handle. And we, yeah. Can do. So, like, we don't have to be the it's, boring I, ladies I, up at the top floor next to no. the president. That's like doing their bidding. We're not secretaries. Like, we are actionable, yes. like oh, partners to bi- businesses. True.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> the HR stereotypes that are out there that you know, we suck the fun out of everything that we're, we are only there to like order snacks and make sure plus schedules, depending on, you know, whatever the yeah. environment is to, you know, fire people that were two faced because we like prioritize the business, but we tell the employee that we care about them. Like those stereotypes obviously come from somewhere. And like, mm-hmm. I can, I've talked about it before on the podcast where, yes as an hr person you have to be a partner to the business and you also have to be a partner to the employee and that's not being two-faced that's being mm-hmm. a neutral and objective partner mm-hmm. and it's the the people who are in hr roles that don't get that that are you know creating a bad rep those are the people that we need to just like exit stage left so that we can like properly move in people who get it and mm-hmm. like create good experiences for people and yeah i i mean my very first episode is called Destigmatizing HR and I joke about how my grandma and to this day she says the same thing. What is it that you do again? You fire people? I'm like, No, like not just that. Like have I fired people? Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, more than I mm-hmm. would be willing to admit. Mm-hmm. But like that's not it. And she's like, How do you know how to do all this stuff? And I was like, <laughs> Like, literally, just yesterday, we just, I was on my way to Trader Joe's and she called me, or I called her and she asked me that. And I was like, Grandma, I have no idea how I know to do this. Like, it's just from experience and like having mm-hmm. some sort of skill set. She's mm-hmm. like, You didn't go to college for that. I'm like, Yeah, I went to college for English. Like, I've managed to be a good communicator. Like, <laughs> yeah. I guess that paid yeah. off, you know, but yeah. hardly anyone goes to college for what they do. Yeah. Um, and if you do, then that means like you were, you knew exactly what you wanted to do when you wanted to do it. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to break down about HR, but I'm glad that I have you as a as a colleague in this fight. Yeah, I try to
1: like spin it in a way that's like you can look at HR as your enemy if you want to, but in these small businesses, mm-hmm. they're your biggest advocate and your best tool. And I love that the pendulum is swinging into more of an employee like driven market because it's challenging businesses to look at the power that HR has to help them to retain, attract their talent Mm. and also to create a company culture and environment where people actually want to work and i know that most companies weren't prepared for all these changes Mm. Um, i heard like a statistic that we went a decade faster into remote work than we were supposed to because of covid so it's really not anything to be ashamed of that companies can't they're not they weren't prepared for this and it's not that surprising that the pendulum is swinging in this direction to force companies to step up but it just shows you the power of the human experience in corporate and even small business or medium-sized business environments that we can make an entire trend happen that pushes up salaries and creates more mm-hmm. benefits and puts pressure on law lawmakers and legislation to pass and like is really pulling information that is used in a way that is mutually beneficial for all people and then in turn it's also beneficial for the corporation but we do we are kind of stuck in the middle so being a business mm. owner, that is in HR, puts me in a really funny situation with my team because I'm having these conversations and they're like, okay, so when are we gonna get a raise? And it's like, yeah, oh. yeah. But it no. really challenges totally. challenges me as a business yes. owner to have things be super transparent and our culture is really easy to deal with. Yeah. And we have this open communication, although it can be challenging. And so if every yeah. business kind of treated themselves as the business owner and the HR people that are responsible for their experience, then i mean our company culture is really fun to work in and we enjoy yeah. coming to work we have flexibility and it, it really translates to the way that our clients view and see us as well and how we can protect them because it's all built yeah. into our processes just had this crazy conversation with an employee for a company that i work with that was like really raw and honest and there was two employees hired at the same time doing the same job one of them excelled so much the other didn't. They didn't have the skills that they needed. They weren't showing mm-hmm. up the way they were supposed to. They didn't have the attitude they were supposed to, but they were in this little bubble and it contaminated the super high performer that had a good attitude and was showing up for the team. And really the conversation I had with the lower performer was, look, I understand that you think you're on the same level, but I have seen your performance evaluations. I know that this was spoken to you about, you are not on the same level. And I understand mm-hmm. why you may not want to divulge that to your partner in crime at because that can be embarrassing and hard and hard to understand, but you can't, you're creating a situation where your friend is miserable. Like they yeah. are doing a good job. Like you like need why? to stop this because yeah. it's not fair to your friend. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. You this may not be the right fit for you, but when you're complaining, I still can't even find a way to develop you into this role. And all mm-hmm. you're doing is now creating a situation where I can't help you. And you're hurting someone that you supposedly care about. And you're ruining their chances. And who's doing
0: a good job. Yeah. Right. And I just
1: had to straight up tell them, listen, like, you're not, you're not doing as good of a job as you think you are. And Mm -hmm. I don't know why you think that because you've been told this directly.
0: So yeah, you cut that person a slice of humble pie. Yeah. And it's like,
1: and right now what I need you to do is just focus on the experience that you're creating for your teammates. Because if you're not Mm going to be motivated by, or if you need to think about this, or you want to talk about it again, I'm here. Like, trust me, I'm here. However, my job is also to protect their work environment. And they don't realize it, but you are really hurting that
0: for them. And, you know, maybe that person, after having that open and honest conversation with you, will be able to take a step back and assess, like, if they are happy there. And, And if they are happy, then that's just a behavior change that they need to take, you know, control of. And maybe that means that they'll be more successful because they'll they'll actually put more effort in because I, sometimes mm-hmm. i i definitely see employees who think that they are doing a stellar job and they're they have close friends and they've been with the organization for you know a good amount of time but because of their negativity or whatever it is they're actually um preventing others from being able to move forward and they have this perception that they're doing much better than they are and instead of making an even better experience for themselves and their you know colleagues they're only hurting themselves further and like hurting it for others. So I can definitely appreciate that story. One of my final questions for you, because I know we're coming up on the time oh is my God. really around like, I know, I know we can, <laughs> we're going to have to do this again. It was fun. We <laughs> talked forever. I'm like, whoa, I, I thought know. only 10 minutes went by. <laughs> my final question for you, so I can let you get back to your adorable pops is really around like how people, you know, let's say they're starting a business and you're speaking to them right now. And they want to invest in hr but maybe they have a limited budget what are some recommendations that you have for them so that they can prioritize culture they can prioritize people and then make an effort to save that you know save a part of their budget in the future to really have that full-time person but what can they do in the interim until they get there
1: yeah i mean not to like totally make this about me but we do have a program called set to scale which is kind of an hr course i mean it is an hr course but for everyone that's in the US. So there's gonna be lots of different strategies and bite-sized videos about little things that you might need to know about as well as a Slack community. So you can bring your questions about compliance and all that kind of good stuff. Um, mm. So I think that, and that's only, it's a, you have to commit for a year. It's a year long program, you can pay in full, but it's as low as 197 a month. So like 197, that's amazing. Like, So that's, yeah. yeah.
0: And they no, get direct like access to me. So that's like much less than like a full employee.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they get direct access to me, and we do coaching calls every two weeks for management consulting. Or um, we have one of the coaches in the program is a recruiter who I have introduced you to. I think her name's Meg, and so she mm-hmm. can help with like even developing job descriptions without having to hire a recruiter to do that for you. And if you're just starting a business; it kind of eases your way in, but we will help you do it responsibly. Um, and it's really fun. You know, it's a good environment. There's lots of things that happen on the calls that really kind of we can share within the community in a really open and honest way that I mean will people cry sometimes yeah like I'm not gonna lie like management and leadership is hard but if I would have had this when I first became a manager oh my gosh like my life would have been so much easier I would have had such a better community I would have probably had less burnout I would have learned things quicker like and that's why we built it um and it's not that amazing um but on the flip (laughs) side I, I don't
0: think that anything that you do is boring (laughs) Thank
1: you. I appreciate it. Um, On the other side of that, if if it's not something that you're ready for, I think that probably just making sure that you're spending time really looking inward and seeing what kind of company that you want to build. Stop consuming other entrepreneurs' content and start creating what you want for yourself and who you are. Love that. Um, Because even though we might think that, I thought that this was going to be super, because I have one-to-one services as well, but I thought every business was going to be super easy to templatize and throw a handbook at it. Like, let's get going. No, it's like page by page, like very mm-hmm. custom, even though we all might share the same values. We want to have diverse companies. We want to support our team. We want to make money. We want to have a good life. Like, especially the women business owners want to figure out how to do more than just run right. a business and have a kid. Um, so at the end of the day, right. I feel like there's, there's just so much that we can do to help ourselves by just understanding what we want and building a company culture off of that. And it takes time to figure that out. And if you've just started a business, you may not even have the time or the bandwidth to really sit down and take a course on this or to figure all of this out or whatever. But if you have a solid culture and a solid mission and you know what your values are and you lead that into everything you do, your marketing, your advertising on like different platforms, your podcasts that you go on. Um, pitches that you promote, job ads for searching for help, contractors that you work with, then you're really just expanding your reach and helping to solidify who you are as a business owner. So creating a company culture is gonna be super natural and it doesn't have to be so hard. You have 10 employees that are all unhappy and now you're gonna create a company culture, like do it now while you're starting. Maybe figure out what that looks like and let it evolve over time. But yeah, I think that was one thing I wish I would have taken a little more time for in the beginning. for myself, because once I really needed it, I had to, I had to create time to do Hmm. that before I brought other people into the fold. So it was, was that's amazing. But also stressful. Stressful,
0: I'm sure. I know I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, oh, sounds like a lot. But I I think that (laughs) that of advice is amazing. And I feel I'm first of all, I'm proud to know you and I'm proud of all the work that you're doing and i'm glad that we became instant friends thanks to instagram (laughs) and the hr community Um, and i i really look forward to seeing all that you do and so i guess with that why don't you tell all of the listeners where they can find you and connect with you and get all of the good stuff that you put out there yeah
1: so on instagram i am the paradigm with two m's and obviously viva la dixie if you want to just get dog content (laughs) um and my website has everything that you could ever need included a whole including a bunch of free resources and freebies and stuff like that to just kind of dip your toe into the hr world um and information the set to scale program which we talked a little bit about here um but if you need more support i do still offer free consultations um they're quick and dirty but we can usually help figure out what you might need next and that's just through our website as well um we have a template shop so settoscale.com a bunch of HR templates that are built for remote teams and online businesses that are super affordable. If you just want to figure out what the heck we're even talking about, about job descriptions. So
0: yeah, that alone can be daunting. I really appreciate you joining the
1: podcast. I love being with you with you on this lovely podcast since I'm basically a fan. So I feel like very oh, like starstruck
0: <laughs> right now. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. Feelings mutual. Thank you so much. Bye, Dixie.